welcome to Nutrition Grad Guide. I'm your host, Shana Sapi, a qualified nutritionist and multi-passionate entrepreneur. I created this podcast to help nutrition grads just like you navigate your way into a career and a life that you love. In each episode, I'm going to bring you interviews with experts in the nutrition and health field, exploring a range of different career pathways. We'll learn about what they do, how they got there, and their advice to help you grow a successful career as a nutritionist or a natural health professional. Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest on the podcast is Maggie Glusman, who is a clinical nutritionist and the face behind Creating Health. Maggie has had some really interesting history and her journey to where she is today, and I'm really looking forward to hearing about all of the different things she's done throughout her career so far and all of the exciting things that are to come, no doubt. So thank you so much for joining me today, Maggie. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Me too. Let's get into it by chatting about how you first got interested in being in the health and nutrition space. Um, so I don't have a hugely interesting backstory on that, I don't think. Um, just when I was 21, I started um, studying nutritional medicine at Endeavour. Yeah. And prior to that, I was doing a few completely unrelated things. So like I was working at a supermarket and was really interested in theatre. So um, I was actually trying out various drama classes. Cool. Um, and then, yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to do at my life at that stage when I enrolled at Endeavour. Um, but I had always loved food and nutrition and, and I was really interested in health. Um, and I saw an ad for the course in a magazine at the waiting room for my chiropractor. Um, and it just... Yeah, it, stood, it just stood out to me and I thought, oh, maybe I will give that a go because it is something that really interests me. So I um, enrolled and just started studying basically mm-hmm. and I started part-time at first to ease into it and I loved it. So I went full-time after a semester mm-hmm. and I found that, yeah, I found I was so passionate about it um, even though I did find the start a bit difficult because it is all um, biology and chemistry but then I actually came to love nutritional biochemistry and I was so passionate about the huge effect that food has on our health, amazed at how effectively people could manage um, conditions with dietary and nutritional management. Um, so it was something I stuck at even through all the really challenging subjects. Yeah, amazing. It's so funny, isn't it, how we start out and we're like, oh, wow, so much science. But then we do grow to love yeah. it. Like, I see why this is so important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, you do realise that it's... um it's so necessary. Like at the start, you think, oh, this is a bit boring. Like, do I need to know this? I just want to get into the nutrition subjects. But then you realise that you you won't really get a lot of the nutrition subjects without the background. So, yeah, I am glad I stuck through it. Yeah, so, so true. Sure. I'm really curious to hear if you're using any of that um, interest you had in drama these days in what you do as a <laughs> nutritionist. Like do you do any sort of like um, workshops or are you on video much, like doing any cooking demos or anything or not at this time? Um, at the moment, so I am looking at doing more workshops because I mean, um, that is something I like doing. Yeah, actually like public speaking <laughs> if I know yeah if I know what I'm doing yeah um I actually like public speaking so I did that's I think that's why I got into the um Jamie Oliver's Learn Your Fruit and Veg program because that was facilitating cooking classes and you're doing it on your own and like presenting it to a group of children between the ages of like three and twelve yep. so yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I really wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I do want to hear more about that, but shall we go in order of the things you've done or do you want to start talking about that a little bit more now? 
Um, we'll go in order of things yeah. I've done because. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell us what you were doing while you were studying at uni. Were you working in the field or did you stay at the supermarket or yeah, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, yeah, sure. So while I was studying, I did start working at a health food shop, which was great. Um, I actually caught the wrong train home from uni and I just happened upon this health food shop. Um, and yeah, and I um, applied for a job there basically. Um, and that was great. So I highly recommend it to anyone studying nutrition or naturopathy or herbal medicine. Um, it gave me experience with giving general advice to customers um, as well as engaging with them in a way that like the supermarket retail experience didn't. It was very different. Um, and it also gave me good knowledge of products, which is actually important with dealing with clients because you can be really specific in what you recommend. Um, you don't have to research, you know, new products with every client every time. Um, sometimes you do have to research where to get them from depending on where they are. Um, but, yeah, it's really handy because if they have dietary requirements, it helps to know, you know, what type of flour is out there that they can cook with um, and other foods that suit their dietary requirements rather than just telling them what they can and can't eat. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and this store also had a clinic on top. So that helps me to gauge how practitioners interacted with their clients um, and it was really good to observe because it gave me confidence when I went into student clinic myself. Yep. Amazing. Um, and I was there for three years. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, whilst, yeah. I was there for, yeah. So most of the time I was studying, I was there. Mm -hmm. um, and I graduated and I wanted a little break. This was in 2013. Um, so I moved to London by myself for two years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was really good timing. I had just finished my degree. I was single and had been living back at home while studying. So, yeah, it was a really good time for me to do it. Amazing. And what was that experience like? Did you love it over there? Yeah, definitely. It was really good. So it was um, like the working holiday visa. So, um, but I worked at Whole Foods Market in the supplement department there. Oh, cool. And then... Um, yeah, and then I managed a small health food shop. So I was actually surprised that I was still working sort of in the same um, area. Yep. And I did see clients there sporadically as well. Mm -hmm. um, I was registered and insured there so I could do so. And I, I didn't see many, but it was probably good that I was registered and went to seminars so that when I came back, I didn't have a huge gap and I was still in the loop. So I did find that helpful. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad I took that break because I also felt... Personally, I felt like I was too young to practice as well. Um, I was 24, so I was probably wrong, but I just thought, oh, no one wants to see a healthcare professional my age. Um, but for anyone listening who is in their early 20s and wants to practice or do anything, um, like I said, I was probably wrong, so don't be discouraged. Um, but because I had that in my head and I had a complex about it myself, um, I probably would have projected that onto my clients and it would have affected my practice. So that's just me because I personally wasn't ready. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then after that, I came back to Melbourne and I got a full-time job very quickly with a health supplies distributor mm -hmm. and I was there for three years again. <laughs> um, so they supply health shops and practitioners and clinics um, and that role was a mix of customer service and also technical support for healthcare practitioners, yeah. um, which was really useful. And I liked that we had access to 
um, information and research from so many different brands and companies because um, that also meant like I felt like my advice wasn't biased. We just had so many different things to compare to when advising. Yeah. Well, you would have yeah. an extensive knowledge of all the products on the market between the health distributor and the health food stores, both here and over in England. Like, yeah, you would be so good recommending stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that definitely helped. I do feel like, yeah, I feel like I have knowledge of those particular ones and then I, they are the ones that I tend to use more because I know them so well. Yeah. Um, but I, I left there, so when was this? 2018, I think. Um, so the opportunity came up with the Jamie Oliver's Learn Your Fruit and Veg program. Yeah. Um, and that was, so it was facilitating educational cooking classes at um, primary schools and early learning centres. Yeah. Um, it wasn't full-time, but it was, so it started off very full-on. I think like the first two weeks, I had like two or three a day which was wow. really hard to fit in. It was like a holiday program one. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it was about an hour to set up, an hour for the class, and then an hour to pack up. Oh, wow. So there was, <laughs> um, some days when I had three in one day were very hectic, mm-hmm. um, but I really liked it. Um, and, yeah, I was just ready for something else and something I wanted to do. Um, like I said, because I enjoy public speaking and educating as well, so... Yeah, I think that's why that's another reason that that opportunity is one that I jumped at. Yeah, it sounds so good. Did you learn a lot during that? Um, yeah, so I guess I learned a lot about facilitating cooking classes. So that's something that I might do in the future as well. Yeah. Again, um, and it was really, it was just really rewarding because there were kids that would, they would just have so much fun, um, you know, preparing all the food with their friends and they would, um, try and love a fruit or vegetable that they ne- never had before. Yes. And, the, yeah, the f- feedback that the kids gave was just priceless. So oh. it was, um, yeah, very rewarding. Yeah, it would have been so fun. And, yeah, you're right, you would have learnt so much about cooking classes but also an even deeper level because you're having to do it for children. So you're really having to make it that interactive and fun um, and engaging to keep their short attention spans. <laughs> yeah absolutely (laughs) so you'll be able to translate that whether you want to keep going with children's cooking classes or whether you want to do adult cooking classes like those skills will be so valuable for whatever you decide to do going forward yeah that's very true actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) amazing so when so I did that for about a year and I was also seeing clients at a multimodality clinic yeah um and then I then I went on maternity leave um and then when I came back it was start of last year um I didn't go straight back into practicing because I didn't really know where I wanted to go um the clinic I'd been at was a bit far away and not really worth traveling and sort of I would have had to rebuild a client base and I wasn't sure if I wanted to do that yet because I still had a baby um and the the learn your fruit and veg program wasn't really running because it was 2020 um and I'm in Melbourne so it's and it's very hands-on so there was very little demand for it um so eventually I just started seeing clients online and um up until recently I was also working as a personal chef for a client and a family oh wow that's cool yeah that was a bit different (laughs) was that a lot of work Uh, did it take a lot of time um at first it did so I prepared meals for the client and her family um 
so three days a week and I'd make them a couple days in advance um and I did have I've got the food safety supervisor certificate which I needed for the learn your fruit and veg program so that was it was very handy having that yeah um and so she, um, the client has specific dietary requirements and just no time to cook because mm-hmm. um, she's just yeah, very busy. So I planned all their meals and I prepared them for the week. So it was, yeah, I, was there, I did it about three days a week and it was for about six days worth of meals. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was fun because I had to come up with different exciting things for, other, <laughs> for another family to eat every week, which was I thought it would be really hard, but I actually really enjoyed it. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Did you ever like cook the same thing for your family as well? Just to make it? Sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I would. I would just cook the same thing. But then sometimes I felt like I I didn't want to cook that thing again. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'd, I'd plan something else, but then. I'd cook something for the other, like for the client, and then it would smell good. And I was like, oh, I should have planned this for us. <laughs> so, yeah. So I did that for a few months, but I finished up there recently. Um, and I've, yeah, just been seeing clients online yeah. at the moment. So you're fully online these days, no more um, in person clinic space? Um, at the moment, I am, um, and possibly for the next few months. Yeah. Um, and then I, I do think I want to settle into a clinic that I can, you know, stay at for a while. Um, I just, I like being in a clinic environment and I find that it is, um, it's busier. I like being around, I do like being around other people. Yeah. Um, so I do think, yeah, I do think I want to settle into a clinic space soon. But yeah, at the moment it's yeah all just online. Yeah, that's so handy, especially as a mum. Like I can imagine being able to just like jump into a different room with your laptop um, would be really yeah. handy rather than having to, yeah, uh, go into a clinic and then like set up for the day. Even though either way, you'd probably have to find someone to mind your daughter. Um, at least you're still at home and you're in your space. So if you need to do things between your clients, that probably comes in handy too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's why at the moment I'm keeping it online because yeah. I, yeah, I can, I tend to see clients when, when my partner is home usually or if I've got um, like my mother-in-law watching her for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really have a client if she's home, like if I don't have anyone minding her and she's awake because yeah. I've tried. I have tried to have a consult while I thought she would be napping and she woke up early and it was a bit disruptive. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that would be very challenging. At least in a way it's forcing you to have um, certain boundaries around when you offer consultations because, you know, it can only be when someone else is there to look after her. Um, yeah, so rather than doing clients any time of the day or, um, yeah, offering times seven days a week like you can be more selective and that's actually a good thing as a practitioner because we can't always be switched on and offering consultations all the time (laughs) yeah that's very true um (laughs) I found that as well like before yeah I used to think I can just offer them I'm free whenever (laughs) but I'm not like I really can't so that's very true (laughs) yeah Awesome. And I saw that you also offer um, like meal plans. So you've got your one-on-one consults and then you also offer people personalized meal plans, which I think is really cool. Do you want to chat us to chat to us a little bit more about that one? Um, yeah, sure. So I used to um, not offer them at all. I used to think, oh no, I don't do that because 
Um, I want to focus on more intuitive eating. I want to educate people more. I don't want to tell them what to eat because it's not really my job. Um, but then I found that um, it's really helpful for people who need like a starting point um, and it just helps them to actually have a bit more structure and a better idea of what to eat. Yeah. Um, and I found that they, the clients really love it because I make it so personalised, like I personalise it to, um, you know, the food that they love, obviously, um, and their dietary requirements and also their lifestyle. Like I'm really, you know, I, like I ask them what days they can prepare food. I've had one client and she just, she only wanted to cook like two or three days of the week. Um, and she was happy to eat the same dinner two or three nights in a row. Whereas a lot of people aren't, but you know, they don't necessarily want to cook every single night, but they don't want to eat the same thing. So, um, I actually really enjoy, it's sort of, it's sort of like problem solving. So I really enjoy working around all those things and coming up with something that fits, um, them individually mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah actually I'm really glad I offer it now and it's yeah, yeah very different to how I thought before that we're not meant to do it <laughs> yeah yeah it's such a valuable thing to offer and I love that you take so much consideration into their individual circumstances um it almost sounds like you're taking a mini case just to figure out what they need when it comes to the meal plan that you're going to be creating like I can imagine there'd be a few questions around that just to make sure you're really getting a good understanding of them as an individual their requirements and yeah like you said the time and probably even budget would be factor in there too so that's really cool yeah definitely factoring in the other budget and it does yeah it does take a bit longer actually I find that um a lot of the consult is actually asking those questions and I've at first I was going to put it on like a questionnaire, but I just find it more helpful to actually talk to them about it. I tend to get a better idea of if they just filled out a form. Yeah. Um, Cause even if I get them to fill out a diet diary um, before I see them, mm-hmm. which I do, um, I still go into, we still go into so much detail about everything on there. Like I ask them, you know, all the, about all the ingredients they use and like what they cook with, cause it's, it's really intricate (laughs) yeah (laughs) it would be for sure and so do you offer meal plans separate to your consults like if someone just wanted a meal plan plan from you could they book in for that or does it have to be as part of like um, a treatment if they're coming to you for something else it's generally still as part of a treatment so I they do need need an hour consult if they want a meal plan as well um because I do need to know like their health and medical history still because of that you know I obviously take that into consideration um when making the plan um but yeah they can yeah they can just book in for a meal plan but it's sort of ends up being the same thing it's sort of in addition to the consult and I sent through it like a really detailed um, like consult summary with all the recommendations and everything that we talked about. Yeah. Um, so then that I send that through as well as the meal plan. And also with the meal plans, I send through a recipe, like it's usually links or an attachment. Um, if it's one of mine, um, I'll send through recipes for every single thing that I put on there. So um, I don't know if it's a bit too much for them at first. And I sometimes I say like, you might even find that you don't follow this to a T the first time because everything's new and it would probably be time consuming to cook new recipes for every meal um but it's still yeah it still works and they yeah well that sounds really good 
I was going to ask, um, do you also recommend different products? So for example, you obviously have that extensive history of like working with products. Do you help to um, recommend which ones they should buy to use in the recipes so that they're using a healthy product? Yes, absolutely. So I will always yeah, recommend brands if I can and um, yeah, put a bit of time in recommending what brands to use. Yeah. Um, but also I, I offer like a pantry revamp service as well. So I did one the other day in person. Um, I've done a couple in person now um, where we basically go through their pantry staples and what they cook with, um, you know, their snacks that they have so that um, just to make sure that everything they're cooking with, you know, suits them, suits their dietary requirements and is beneficial to their health because there's a, things that they're eating on such a regular basis um, that, you know, then they know that it's not going to be detrimental to their health. Yeah. Um, so that's something I offer as well on top. But, I mean, you don't have to choose that option. Um, you can just get the meal plan. And I will still recommend brands, but I guess I don't go into as much detail because yeah. with the revamp, they get um, like a summary, like I've got like a table drawn up. So we've got it in categories where there's, um, like the condiments and then like tinned foods and everything. Um, so they get a whole summary of that. And then I say sort of why they're sw- if they're going to switch, then we talk about why they'll switch brands. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very detailed as well, but that's optional. Yeah. Oh, amazing. That's another really cool thing to offer. And when it does come to the meal plans, are they quite time consuming? Like are you creating all of those recipes yourself or are you using um, ones you've created in the past through the other things you've done? Like for example, the personal chef stuff, or is it a bit of both that you're creating new ones and using old ones or even using external recipes? Um, So it's a mix of all three. So I have, so sometimes I'll, I probably don't, as much lately, I probably don't come up with as many new recipes for clients. Sometimes I will, um, but because I like to send it to them, you know, a couple of days at least after the consult, I don't generally get time to really perfect anything new. Um, But I will use my own recipes that I've created in the past. Um, Like sometimes I'll send a link to my own website and, um, or, yeah, like I said, I've got attachments that I'll, send through as well because I've got like variations of the recipes depending on their needs yeah um and I do use a lot of external recipes but it takes it takes a bit of time to sort of sift through and find the ones that have the ingredient like the closest to what I want them to use and then you know sometimes I might have to make a note that they need to switch something out you know cook with a different oil um and that sort of thing but um yeah they do use a lot of external recipes but it does take time collating them yeah it definitely would make sense oh you do so well though that sounds really impressive to get all of that together and sent off within a few days so that's yeah really valuable for your clients thank you you're welcome (laughs) and in your practice do you find that you specialize in any particular area or what do people commonly come to come to see you for um so I get a lot of clients with autoimmune disease which I've always been interested in but I never thought that I would get that that would be the sort of clients that I would attract, um, which is great. I'm, I'm really interested in it and it is something that I like working with. Because yeah. um, like at uni, I remember there was like we were learning about some really obscure autoimmune diseases and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Like I wonder if you could do some, like you could actually work with someone like that nutritionally. And then I actually had a client that came in 
with that condition and I was like oh yes I've heard of this because <laughs> like, oh, I've got this thing it's called that and I was I don't think I came across as excited but inside I was like oh wow <laughs> you'd probably be a bit I've, I've read about this yeah. I've heard of it she'd probably be like why are you getting excited that I have this condition I you did visually show that <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that was great. Um, but and there are so many things that you can do as well for a lot of autoimmune stuff. So yeah. I think that's what I like. There's a lot of changes you can make and a lot of um, results you can see. Yeah. Um, and I do get a lot. I do get a lot of clients who just want general health, which I actually like doing as well. Yeah. Um, and at uni, I was actually really interested in nutrition and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was just thought it was amazing how the two are so related and how much of a difference it can make as well. Yeah. Um, but I, just don't, I don't get many clients that come to me for that at all. I don't know if it's a big, I don't know if it's something people seek out, to be honest, if they seek out a lot of nutritional treatment for it but um it's still something I'm interested in and I'm always interested in researching more yeah yeah very cool that sounds like yeah some good conditions to be treating and like you would really know your stuff on those it's great that the a little bit of a theme has emerged there it would definitely make it easier yeah definitely yeah brilliant and what would you say are some of the skills that you need in your current career like as a clinical nutritionist um so time management (laughs) um and I think that one of the most important things and we learned this at uni is the interpersonal skills that you have with someone Mm -hmm. um and being able to adapt to the client's needs so just, just being able to read the client and what they need um and just working for what that is yep um I think I remember like at uni we did like the interpersonal skills of the helper subject and they were saying, you know, it's like 70 to 90% of, you know, your the work you do with clients is the relationship that you have with them. Yeah. Um, they were basically like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter if you, even if you weren't that good at your job, <laughs> if you can build a great relationship with them, they will probably keep coming back to you. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the interpersonal skills um I definitely think is important Mm, for sure yeah that makes sense and how about in your previous roles so for example at the health distributor the yeah distributor what sort of skills did you need in that role so that one that was really full-on um it was a really busy place to work um so there and there was just so many different things to know um so that one, it's a bit, it'll be specific to this place. I don't know what other ones are like, but you, again, really good time management. Yeah. Um, you just had to be really efficient. Um, just, yeah, really efficient. I think there were days I took, I would take upwards of like 80 calls a day and they would be either orders or um, people asking for advice. Yeah, that, that was like, a, that's an example of a very busy one. Yeah, that's huge. Um, yeah, so you had to be. Yeah, very efficient and it was just, yeah, go, go, go some days. Yeah. Um, that's probably the main thing. And also you just have to be really switched on because 
if like if you, it sounds horrible but like if you made mistakes there then you'd have to then fix them and then create more work for yourself so yeah it, yeah that was full on but I actually liked it like I was there for three years yeah, wow <laughs> and have you found it valuable yeah. in your role since then I imagine yes um yes yeah particularly um the product knowledge yeah um because even that, like from working in the health food shop, that was years ago. So like I graduated in 2013. So I actually started to feel like I was a bit out of the loop with what's available in health food stores otherwise. Yep. Um, so it, yeah, kept me, yeah, in the loop with what's current. Um, and also, yeah, health food stores and also practitioner-only supplements um, and also with just with research for the like with the supplements because the companies actually provide really interesting studies and really interesting research and the mechanisms of action of everything yep. um, and I find that cool to know <laughs> yeah for sure oh, that sounds very happy yep. to have had that time there yeah definitely yeah Awesome. And what would you say a current week looks like for you? So obviously um, some days you'd be working, other days you'd be looking after your gorgeous daughter. What, yeah, does a general week slash general day look like when you are working? Um, Yep. So I tend to see clients um, on a Saturday morning generally um, or just throughout the day on Saturday. Um, Just if, yeah, my partner is home or, yeah, I've got someone to watch her. Mm -hmm. And then on on Mondays, I will do sort of the bulk of the client work, so all the research and putting together meal plans and treatment plans and the summaries. Um, so I try and do that. I get to do that sort of in pockets throughout the day and um, when she naps. So on a good day, I'll have a solid two hours um, <laughs> do that. Um, and then sometimes I'll work on it in the evening a bit as well. Yeah. Um, and then throughout the week, I sort of do the same thing. So I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll see clients on weeknights occasionally as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, throughout the week I'll do the same thing. I'll also work on social media. I tend to try and do that in the morning or also when um, when my daughter naps because um, that can – and that depends. Like I will go through days where I've come up with like four different posts to put on social media and I'll just do all that in a day mm-hmm. and then other days I have no idea what to write about mm-hmm. um so yeah my social media isn't super structured because I get like huge creative blocks and then I get the opposite so it just comes and goes yeah do you find social media has been beneficial in growing your client base or what's your um, most successful marketing strategy um probably yes probably the social media not in a huge way but I am finding that a lot of my recent clients do actually find me on there. Um, I don't have a huge following, but the, you know, clients that I've found recently, yeah, like I said, they found me through there um, or it's through word of mouth as well. I'm like friends of it, like, you know, yeah, friend of a friend and then that, yeah, they'll recommend me as well. Yeah. So probably that more. Um, To be honest, I did actually find it a lot better being part of a clinic when they do the marketing and they've got walk-ins and you get cross referrals and everything um that's a lot more consistent so that's definitely easier than online marketing for me personally yeah yeah that makes total sense and yeah I'm glad you mentioned that word of mouth it's such an important one and I find from a lot of the people I speak to they say that is their main driver of um clients and yeah 
people finding out about you. Yeah. But I also love that you mentioned you don't have a huge following on Instagram because I think at the end of the day, while it might seem like this goal to strive towards having all these followers, if you're not converting them into clients, then what's the point? Like you're there to help them. And obviously we can do that through free content on socials. But I think that, yeah, it's really good to show you don't need a huge following to get clients out of it and to be able to help those people. Um, Yeah, so I think that's really good and well done for having that um, relationship building and being able to get them as clients, um, not just someone who's uh, yeah following along and not really absorbing the information. Yeah, thank you. That's very encouraging because it definitely can seem very discouraging to think, oh, I don't have lots of followers. What like, what's the point of putting this content out there? But um, the people that it helps, it actually really helps them, and they do find it interesting, and they yeah, they do turn into clients or their clients that come back as well. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And I do also think with social media, often we can get very wrapped up in like those numbers because even with the Instagram algorithm, it encourages us to sort of be wanting more likes, more saves, more shares. But at the end of the day, if we can remember, we, we're doing this to help however many people we can reach, whether it's a small amount or a big amount, we're still doing what we set out to do by becoming nutritionists and being in this field. We're helping people. Um, so, yeah. And I think also it's something that we should do because we love it and because we love sharing this information and not just because we need to be reaching mass audiences or um, changing like all the lives. <laughs> Even yeah like a few lives is actually like when you think about that helping even just a few people change their life like that's huge yeah absolutely and I think you're right like if you are just posting on there for the sake of trying to get followers or trying to um just yeah basically just get followers and everything it feels really fake to me and that's why I can't like I will sometimes I just hesitate a lot a lot and I think actually someone here said um like perfection is the enemy of execution and I've been trying to remember that because I will just go over it and if it's not perfect I'll just leave it and I just never end up putting it up but Mm. really (laughs) um yeah I should just do it because yeah otherwise I just get caught up in just checking out the fine-toothed comb and yeah it just ends up going nowhere um such an easy (laughs) fall into I often find myself falling into that too I try and remind myself that people prefer real to perfect. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so you've got your social media and your word of mouth. And you're thinking of going back into clinical practice to bring in those more clients down the track. What are some of your other yeah. um, like visions for the future? You mentioned earlier you'd love to do some more workshops. Is that something you've done in the past? Um, yes. So I've done... Um, yeah, I've done a few workshops, but I've also got a few. I've done them. I did a couple online last year, yeah. um, but I do. So, I, yeah, it's just a cooking classes. So I feel um, very ready to do <laughs> more workshops. Yeah. Um, and I've got a few um, sort of pretty much ready to go. I've actually yeah, just been putting the feelers out to find somewhere suitable where I can um, run them. Yeah. Um, but there are, I've, yeah, there are so many other things that I want to do as well. So I think that's why I've had my fingers in so many pies. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really, I really like it because you get to sort of yeah try lots of things and figure out what you do or want to actually do. Yeah. Um, I think long term, 
I do want to open my own clinic as well mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and I did, I did want to work in research and education. And um, it's something that comes up for me every now and then. But I was, yeah, I was looking at enrolling in a master's, but it's just not really viable at the moment. So I might reassess that in a few years. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, yeah, I'm just so short term, just more info sessions and workshops. Um, when I find the right place and just yeah, focus on seeing clients for now. Yeah. Yeah. That all sounds amazing. And so you mentioned you did some online workshops last year. Tell us about those. What was your experience like? Um, so it was, they were um, quite small to start with, but they, I had, there was like a general health one. Like I think it was about um, like your yeah, basics and staples to have in the pantry sort of thing as well. And just, yeah, sort of, nutritional basics um and then the other one was a pregnancy one um and we talked about like what to do in the first trimester when all you want to eat is pickle juice (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah it was quite in depth as well um so I really liked that one and that would be one that I'd love to offer in person as well oh cool yeah and did you run those over zoom or how did you do those it was over zoom so I was because, the, yeah, they were, I was sort of just starting out, so they were small enough, so I was able to um, do those over Zoom and I just kept them, um, yeah, they weren't super long. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I did those over Zoom and then I was trying to figure out another platform to do them in the future, but I think I'll try and do them in person yeah. <laughs> from now. But, yeah, I'll see how that goes. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, that'll be fun. So will you do a combination of like informative speaking kind of presentations and workshops and also some cooking demos? Um, yeah, so I've so sometimes I do want to offer info sessions and they would be um, probably shorter because yep. um, I think if you're just speaking to a group that can get boring it can still be interactive because I think I'm happy to keep them quite casual and have everyone you know chatting about everything um and then with workshops there yeah they'd be a lot more interactive and um yeah it's basic I guess the main difference and a lot more interactive and people get to reflect on their own stuff and I guess probably take a, a bit more away from it um and then yeah cooking demos would be great as well actually I was thinking of doing them in at my house if they were just really small groups um but I have not gotten around to that <laughs> yeah oh that'd be awesome um Steph Geddes she's someone I've had on the podcast before and I was lucky enough to attend one of her um in-home cooking classes and I just thought it was such yep. a cool idea like having people in your home cooking for them like teaching them as you go through it and then everyone enjoying a beautiful meal at the end I think a lot of people would be interested in that sort of stuff yeah again yeah. Um, I think I listened to the episode. Yeah, I thought that sounded lovely. Yeah, um, yeah she's really inspiring. <laughs> all the things she does. Yeah, yeah. And I have actually done um, a couple of a couple of demos at Pran Market. So when I was doing the Learn Your Fruit and Veg program, um, yeah, they needed someone to do them at Pran Market. So I did. Oh. It was the same sort of thing, but it wasn't interactive like the classes. It was sort of like a shorter version. Yeah. Um, but it was great. You're in like they've got that beautiful kitchen um with the camera on you so they can see what like what you're doing on the chopping board um and yeah and the I like the environment because you're in like in a market yeah um so yeah that was really fun as well and then I I think I helped and I helped with another cooking demo that a chef was 
doing that as well. So oh, amazing. Um, that, yes, that was really fun. So, um, yeah, cooking demos in general, in general, I would like to do a bit more of. Yeah, very cool. And how did you find those opportunities at the Paran market? You mentioned they were looking for someone. Did you see an ad somewhere or did they approach you? Or um, So they actually... Um, approached the so the learn your fruit and veg program that's run by the good foundation so they um do jamie's ministry of food and they also have the learn your fruit and veg program yep um so i think that they i think that they've done other work with brand market in the past so they i think they asked if they knew anyone that could that was available that could um run the demos um they're actually really fun as well because you had to gather all the ingredients at the market (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was fun as well um but yeah so they just yeah they asked me if I was available to do it basically so yeah um that was lucky (laughs) yeah that's brilliant it's a really cool thing to have gotten to do yeah yeah definitely awesome and what would you say you attribute your success to to date um probably just keeping at it um there have been so many times that I've thought oh should I just do something else um yeah should I just give up (laughs) you know like times where it's you know not going so well you think that you're not exactly where you want to be um and I've sort of just kept doing it and just trying different things um and probably putting yourself like putting myself out there so I have actually like approached places and asked if um you know they either had a space to practice or if they'd be willing to work with me if I would um create programs or um packages and that sort of thing like I actually approached some gyms and um yeah I guess some yeah mostly gyms like wellness centers and also yoga studios yeah um earlier this year and I was because yeah like I said I'm putting the feelers out for places to do workshops so um and I found that actually I had so many people get back to me saying that yes they do actually have a space and or yes they would love to collaborate and um create programs that sort of thing or run workshops so um I think I'm yeah sort of looking at all those and maybe going to go back to one of them um for that oh, um but yeah so I I think I think I actually heard someone on this podcast say like a lot of places don't advertise, but you just ask and they might actually have something for you. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I did and I found that really um helped. I love that. Yeah, that's so good and so important. Well done for putting yourself out there. And yeah, it really does pay off, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Now, if you could recommend one book for every listener to read, what would it be and why? So I think that it would be nourishing traditions, um, mostly because it, it really, so personally it just really resonates res- resonates with my approach. Yep. Um, it, you know, it's all about traditional food, nose to tail eating, um, and it's, I think it says it on the front that it's politically incorrect dietary advice, <laughs> um, and that's sort of what I'm into. Like I like to challenge all the paradigms and question everything. Um, so personally I really love that book um so I would recommend people read it um but yeah yeah that sounds really interesting like it's definitely like a good read yeah and are there any other sort of resources that you use to um, further your knowledge as a practitioner 
um, any podcasts or seminars or anything that you can think of that you recommend others check out as well? Um, to be honest, I, with seminars and even like researching, I, tend, I do tend to look at a lot of the stuff that a lot of the like practitioner supplement brands are actually really helpful. I know, like I know that they, like if you go to a seminar, sometimes it's a bit, you know that it's because they've got a product and that's why they're presenting the research, but it will like, but it is legitimate research. So it'll be on like a particular strain um, of probiotic. And then the research on that is so interesting. Like yeah. it's so specific, there's a specific strain that's been shown to do all these specific things. Um, and I just, I find that really interesting. But they also have um, like, yeah, they'll have a product, but they'll, explain to you why everything's in there and the mechanisms that each thing in like each nutrient in there has um and I guess it's it is going back to biochemistry um but that's really useful and it just gives me a lot more confidence if I like if I want to recommend a product I'm like this is great because it will actually do this in your body um but they're also really good because because you do need to maintain cp points um it's easy like you can just they've got so many webinars and I think Last year they made a lot of them um, free and you can re- replay replay all the um, like old ones for free a lot of the time as well. Yeah. So it's just worth, yeah, that's definitely worth doing because you don't have to pay for them and you can just do them from home. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They do make it really easy by collating a lot of really good information and research into one easy-to-find spot. Yeah. It's always Definitely. Good. Yeah, especially like when we're busy doing all the other things. We can't always be, yeah, doing all the research. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's sort of, I, feel, I feel like I'm cutting corners sometimes because they, they'll talk about the actual, um, like they'll talk about a disease or condition and they'll talk about the pathophysiology of it first. Yeah. So it actually really helps you So it helps you to brush up even then. Yeah, so true. Such a good thing, like setting that foundation before they get into all the yeah biochemical pathways and all the nutrients and things. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Well, this has been such a good episode. I've really enjoyed chatting to you and learning about all of the things you've done and all the things you're going to do. Is there anything that you'd like to end with, like any parting words of advice or wisdom for the listeners? Um, yes. So I, I guess it depends on what you want to do but in general I think just become really clear on what you actually do want um and what your ideal day and job looks like and work towards it um and then if like if you don't know what that is then that's fine too because it's you can be open and just say yes to everything um you know sometimes even if it doesn't seem ideal um like basically don't turn your nose up at opportunities um you know just because you it might not be a hundred percent what you want to do um, because it might be a great opportunity and take you in another direction. Yeah. Um, And you can go and learn from everything. Yeah. It is so true. You never know what you're going to learn, even if it's something that might not sound the most appealing, even if you learn what you don't want to do. (laughs) It's still valuable. (laughs) Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, And sometimes you need to do that because I think, because there are so many things I wanted to do and then I, actually ended up doing them and I thought you know I, I like I actually I don't want to do this yeah. <laughs> I'm glad but it's not um you know what I want to do long term yeah yeah that totally makes sense oh very good advice and where can the listeners find you and follow your journey 
Um, so on Instagram, um, that's where I'm most active. Yep. Um, and that's just Creating Health AU. Amazing. And also got a website, which is creatinghealth.com.au. Perfect. And I'll link to those in the show notes and the posts as well. Thank you so much for being here. It has been such a pleasure. And I look forward to following along and seeing those brilliant workshops and cooking demos. Thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. I feel like I gained so much valuable insight and advice from it, and I hope you agree. If you did enjoy this episode, please leave me a review and tell me what you think. I would love to hear your feedback. Do you know anyone else that this episode can benefit? I would be so grateful if you share it with them. That way, they too can benefit from all of the insight that we covered today. Your support means so much to me, and together we can help even more people build a career and a life that they love. Thank you for being here. Until next time, keep making your dreams a reality. Thank you.